You're rocking with the voice of town view. We put our spin on trending topics and school news. Thought provoking, insightful, we speak the truth. We do it for all ages, not just for the youth. Uh, listen close, you might learn something. Or laugh so hard, you split your side of something. Uh, live stream a podcast. Whenever you tune in, it's sure to be a blast. Uh, let's be honest, you don't want to miss that. Content so real, you're going to want to run it back. We keep you entertained while making an impact. Want foreign announcements? Well, this is not that. Uh, Sports, pop, culture, political, whatever you like, we got you covered, bro. Uh, it's a movement more than just a show. It's KSB Elmer Radio. I'm closer to the music. Broadcasting live from Marvin E. Robinson School of Business and Management, Dallas, Texas. My radio station. We are KSBM Radio, the voice of Townview. Hello, everyone. Welcome to KSBM Radio, the voice of Townview. I'm Cammie, and joining me today are my co-hosts. Jojo. Violet. And Chewy. Today we, ha- today we have a very special guest in our studio today. He's not just the master of roofing and construction, steering Hatley Brothers II roofing and construction to great heights, but also a living legend in the cowboy world. It's our pleasure to introduce a man whose story embodies the spirit of the Wild West while building roofs and constructions that touch the sky and hearts of, its, of his customers. Saddle up and get ready for a journey with Mr. Kiel Ron Hat- Hatley, owner of Hatley Brothers II Roofing and Construction and a proud cowboy. Today, we'll dive into his incredible life, unique experiences, and the lessons he's learned. Without further ado, welcome Mr. Hatley. If, is there anything you would like to say before we begin? I mean, well, that was just a great introduction, so I don't really have much to say. I think you covered it all. <laughs> I'm just happy to be here. Wait for the outro. <laughs> <laughs> all right, to, to start off, uh, grow, growing up in Dallas, which unique experiences do you believe had the most significant impact on shaping your p- perspective on life? Growing up with the kind of parents I had, um, very strong father, and who kind of taught me different aspects and showed me just different ways of life. That was probably the one of the greatest attributions I can think. And I'm so glad that we was raised up in Oak Cliff. That was, that's another major, major impact that I couldn't think of. I couldn't think of a, a better place to be raised up in. So um, when, I, when I went to middle school in Oak Cliff and in middle school there was always like these cowboys that would ride and they'd be just riding up on the street, you know, taking their kids to school. Was it like that when you were little? Like, did you ever see cowboys just going? Well, it's a little different because I guess to the average person who who, who really does not grow up around the, the, the rodeo cowboy industry, we don't really consider that cowboys. You know, that's just kind of people who have horses and just <laughs> riding them on the streets because... Work horses and performance horses, you won't, you don't ride them on the street like that because they have shoes on and they're just, you don't want to take a chance of getting them hurt. People, you know, screaming cars or loud noises. So most of the time, those are kind of what you call concrete cowboys. It's a different concrete cowboy. Just kind of person that just rides on the street. Hey, everybody, look at me. I'm on a horse. You know, because they want that image. You know, so um, it was when I saw him, I was just like, come on. Cowboy. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> so what about Oak Cliff specifically made you, or had a huge impact on you? Oak Cliff had so many 
different durations of life, man. You can turn a corner right here, and it's worse as it get. Then you can turn over, over here, and it's rich as it get. And then there's, there's a middle passage right there, you know, where you can just get all areas of life. And I think that's the main thing in growing up with the youth today. It's either one way, you don't get the good, you don't get to be either good or bad. You don't get to be a part of all of it. You have to have that that growing up to be able to see and be real diverse in, in um, the culture wherever you may end up at. So that was the greatest impact. Can you share a memorable moment from high school that played a crucial um, role in your personal growth? And what high school did you go to? But this, oh, it's the original high school. That's South Oak Cliff Golden Barrels, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I guess the most memorable moments I can think of at 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 South Oak Cliff was we had a uh, coach named Coach Gillum, and we went into Coach Gillum taught I think sociology, and the first day of class. Coach Gillum was a real jokester, and he played a lot. And he, but he said, "Hey, hey, boy, hey, 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 hey let me tell y'all something. Uh, 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 y'all gonna this is sociology, but we learning black history in here today. From now on out, this is black history. So the whole class, it was maybe ten percent sociology and ninety percent uh, black history, and 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 that was taken out of um, uh, of school. So it was almost like a lost." Um, legacy that was taken away that we didn't get to that it kind of stopped around that time so he kept it going so that impact stayed on me forever uh reflecting on your college experience how did you contribute to your journey as a cowboy and then a business owner well i think that the mental the mental toughness of being a cowboy and being able to to capture you know when you're talking about rodeoing to be, being able to to be on a horse rope a calf get down and time up all in a matter of under eight seconds. If you can do that, then then anything else is, is, should be fairly easy to do, you know. So, And I was taught that, and I was to finish and complete things and do it well. So um, I kind of relate, put put those two in the same arena as, as being a cowboy and being a businessman at the same time because at the end of the day, you got to start and you got to finish. So, so um, when we say cowboy, you know, we just think of the image. We don't really know what that means. So what does it mean to you to be like, oh, I'm a cowboy, a black cowboy? What does that mean? Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's really, it's so hard to kind of explain it because I was just, I was born into that. You know what I mean? So it was almost first nature to me that you're a cowboy. Uh, so... To be able to know that I can go rope something if we have to eat, uh, I can survive with a knife and and a stick. You know, if I have to fish, I can make me, I can spear me some fish, or I can catch me an animal, or I can take me a slingshot and kill me a bird to eat if I it's a survival mode. So all that is dealing with the ranch and cowboy. So you, side of you, can, you can, like, take the chicken and... Ring his neck. Oh, never mind, never mind, never mind. Oh. Okay, yeah. never mind. So you wouldn't say it wasn't exactly one pivotal moment in your life that made you decide to become a cowboy. It was just always a part of your life. It was all. It was always a part of my... I mean, but there's... You know, I didn't... I chose to stay a cowboy. You know, I was, I was born into it, but I chose to stay a cowboy. Because I love that... Um, 
the the life of a cowboy to being able to take care of things. You know, I look, have animals to see animals. You know, in in the stalls or in the arena, and have to get up. Prime example: rain, sleet, or snow, and to go take care of that animal. If if you grow up doing that, then you're gonna you're gonna take care of your family by any means necessary because you that's been instilled in you all your life to take care of something that you care about. And they didn't ask to be there, but you have to take care of. You know, it went, just the other day when the ice was on the ground, we had to go bust ice, and at ten degrees weather while people were sleeping. So no, but so that was um, that's what I like about it. There's a lot of dedication right there. Yeah, you have to love it. It's not something you just wake up and say, I want to do this, you know. But I want to do this. <laughs> well, how about Nemo? You come over and... No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, the idea is great, but I don't know if I could wake up and creep freezing. To, no, I couldn't. You just be the fair weather cowboy, huh? When it's good and shiny and green, the grass is green, that's when you see a lot of... Uh, you, you can tell the difference. When the grass is green, you see people with horses. People come out because it's easy and pleasant. But in the wintertime, that's I'll call I'm, you. Uh, <laughs> okay. Help me out. <laughs> so heading into a bit more of the business side, were there ever any moments where your cowboy lifestyle interfered with your business? Absolutely. Yeah, because um, I wanted to rodeo or, or – more than I wanted to work sometimes, you know. It's fun. It was fun. It was, but I couldn't, I could not forget that the business is allowing me to rodeo because I wasn't making a living at rodeoing. My roofing and construction was my prime example. And I remember um, my daddy telling me just, just plain as day, just, he said, son, don't let the outgo become more than the income. Which means, don't spend more time and spend more money over here rodeoing and messing with these horses and racing versus your business because it's gonna come back to hunt you. You know, mm -hmm. so I had to really break off of that because on the weekend I was gone and I wasn't thinking about nothing else until I got back. Which my business was sustainable, but it's still lacking. Whatever you put the most in, but you're gonna get the most out of. It. Uh, now that you're mentioning like racing and rodeo a lot, was there like any memorable moment like? That you're like, oh, it like stuck to you forever, or you you're saying like now or just back when I was a kid, just in general, and like um, well, okay, so we were one of the first. I mentioned re rodeo or calf roping, but we were the first black family in te in Texas to race quarter horses back in the sixties before I was even born, and we quit racing horses for twenty some years. My daddy died in '06. We had stopped. Shortly before that, and and then we decided back here in 2020, and we had a horse named uh, we named him Black Lives Matter, and that moment when he won the race, and to hear the announcer say, "And it's Black Lives Black Lives Matter for the win," that was <laughs> that was it. So that, right, right. So that was that was that moment there, like. If you if you ever look at Google the video, you hear me say, "He gone, he gone, he gone," because I I felt it, you know what I'm saying. And he was just coming, and he's just like the, the man was kind of had a little giggle with it. Black Lives Matter for the win, but, but that was um a defining moment. Like 
all of it was worth that. You know what I mean? The 12 seconds was worth that spot right there. So that's, that's where I had to be at. Um, so operating like multiple sites is like really impressive. Uh, what challenges did you face when expanding into new regions and how did you overcome them? Just um, probably being just re relentless and, and eager not to take you can't do it or why you're doing it for an ounce because the more um, the, the more you tell me that I can't do it, the more I want to do it. You know, so um, I, and I think I think that's a great part of growing up as a kid. You know, they say some people don't. You can't do them like that. You can't tell them what they're not going to do. It. It's going to destroy them. It didn't. It, that don't work with me. I like if you you probably opposite. If you tell me you're going to do this, and then I won't do nothing. <laughs> you know? Right. <laughs> but you told me no. I'm doing it. Exactly. I'm going to prove it. Exactly. 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 So um, that was. Um, that's what, as far as expanding, and and you tell people your ideas, and then somebody shoot it down. And another thing I learned, you can't tell everybody your ideas because mm -hmm. if you're that person, then they will take the fire out of you just being negative about it, you know. Mm -hmm. So, so you have to know you. If they don't bother you, then I'm gonna I tell somebody that because I want to hear them say it, you mm -hmm. know. Right. <laughs> so, like, give me more. Right. Give, give me, me some, more. some some drive. Right. So to um, go back from, go back a step. How did you know? How did you realize like, oh, I'm gonna take over this business and then I'm gonna kind of figure out how to run it. Um, I guess once, I mean, I was when I was 15 years old. I was driving a big truck in the summertime with grown men on it going from roof job to roof job, like, and going to people's houses, meeting people, that that gave me a passion for it because I love to see people happy, you know, like the, the finished project, the finished production, like, that was, um, inspired me. So I like to see the smile on somebody's face and being able to make them do something for them, like, this. Just unbelievable, man! Like the feeling, the energy that you get from that to to help somebody and just see them happy. So yeah, Miss Shimmer was talking about how she loved. She can't wait for her new roof. Right. right. She's she like, yeah, my new roof is getting fixed. Right, right. <laughs> she did. She did, and we took care of it, and she was very happy with it. It looks very pretty. So. So you're passionate about both construction and rodeo. And I know you mentioned you loved rodeoing more than you did the business. So how did you find a balance between the two? I just had to, um, again, I had to realize that the money was, the bulk of my livelihood was coming from um, uh, my business. And I had built a, a really big business, you know, and rodeoing doesn't pay that kind of money, you know, to sustain the kind of lifestyle that we were living and the things that we were having. So maybe if I would have started rodeoing for a living first, then it might have been different. But but I had to realize that, you know, all, all, all play and no work don't get it. You have to go back to the roots. And my daddy kept staying on my head about this, son. Don't forget what got you here. You know what I'm talking about? Don't forget what got you here. And that just... Always, always locked in with me. 
Um, so could you share a, a really defining moment or lesson that has been beneficial to your personal life and your professional growth? Listen. Um, start um, live, live, listening. I mean, uh, giving, putting everything in God's hand and listening. Um, the, more, the less you talk and the more you listen, the better off you are. Somebody that you, that, 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 you, that knows everything, you, can't, you can forget it. They know everything. You understand? So keep your mouth closed and listen. And whatever you see somebody else doing, learn it. Pay attention to it because it might, you're going to need it somewhere down in life. And you always be um, intelligent enough to know a little bit about something to fool somebody that you know it. You understand? Because it, it may be an opportunity for you somewhere. But don't be, don't be oblivious to just, oh, whatever, I'm not thinking about it. Look at it, learn it, ask a question about it. Mm -hmm. But the main thing I would think is just keeping your mouth closed and listening and doing what you say. If you say you're going to do it, do it. Kind of sticking with that same idea, I know you mentioned your dad a few times today. Mm -hmm. Was there a big lesson that you learned from him that really stuck with you today? Yeah, um... I just I remember him. He used to say something, son, son. Can't no man beat you unless you let him, you know. And that was in anything, in sports, in business, and be the best. I I he used to do his hand like that. He said, if I tell you a rooster dip snuff, you look on his wing for the box because it's there. Do you understand what I'm saying? No. A rooster. You know what a rooster is, right? Yeah. A chicken. So you know a rooster does not dip snuff, right? You know he can't dip snuff. Like, dip snuff. Dip like tobacco. Dip snuff. Like, like tobacco. Uh huh. So you know a rooster does not dip snuff, right? Yeah. So he's saying, if I tell you that a rooster dips snuff, you look um, on this, right? Okay. Which means, if I tell you something, you better believe it. I'm gonna start telling y'all that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, yeah, just just being. Going the extra mile. Don't just, if somebody tell you to pick up the paper right there, don't just pick up the paper right there. If you see some more, pick some more up over there. You know, doing a little bit extra mm -hmm. and giving back. That was, that's probably the less I've seen my dad and mama and them give people unbelievable stuff, man. You know, the more you get, the more you give. And you want to give if you're that kind of person because you can't take it with you. So that's, that's what I think um, kind of was the defining point there. Um, what sets Halley Bros apart and makes it unique in the roofing and construction industry? Well, first of all, you have the guy that's the owner that actually did this work. I'm not just a salesman, you know. So a lot of these guys have roofing and construction business. They didn't do the work. They're just salesmen. You don't hardly ever see the owner that's that involved in the process. So... That's what I like. I like to be involved. I like to, to know what's going on and be able to tell my client this and that because the average, when it comes to a roof or when it comes to any project, the average homeowner does not really know what's supposed to be besides Googling something, you know. And Google can't tell you everything. It's hands-on. So um, that's what we have. We have hands-on. We have the love and passion for this. It's not just something that... 
hey, boy, go get a job and put on a roof. No, I, I do. we've built this from the ground up, and, it, and that passion is there. And I don't think nobody else has the passion and desire like like what we uh, give off at Hadley Brothers too. So um, how has networking specifically contributed to your company, Hatley Brothers, to roofing construction? Um, networking, well, I come from the old school. It was nothing like um, referring customer from another customer, you know. That's the old school way. Like, if I do it for you and you tell somebody, mm-hmm. like, that is, and it's still probably number one because it becomes, it be, it's not just, um, you know, we want our customers to be a family. Like, this is a friend forever, not just somebody you just see. And, okay, Bob, how you doing? That's good. See you. Thank you. No. We want to have come to the party, to the barbecue, the event, the function, where you always feel that your buck has been, been, been very well spent. And it's definitely been given back in the community to wherever um, – like, for instance, um, every year we do a free roof for Mother's Day for a mother in the Oak Cliff area. Mm-hmm. So everybody proceeds that 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 we do some work for, it's, it's being used, utilized to a good cause, mm-hmm. not just here and we live out in uh, McKinney or somewhere and it's never the, the dollar spent somewhere else. We want our dollar to turn around in the community. Mm-hmm. So. So what are some strategies that you uh, you put to, to stay informed about industry trends, trends and ensure the quality of services at your business, the Hadley Brothers, too? I've, look, I mean, <laughs> that's like not, I'm not too good in that area. So at the same time, when you, I'm a firm believer when you're not good at something, you have to have a team of people that are good at it. So we have a team that deals with marketing, social media, and mailers and all that because that's not my area. I'm mm-hmm. just the, the old-fashioned, let me do the job. You just you let know, them so. do it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so there's there's something that's all right. I just been, okay, I just been dying to know what it is because, like, I don't know if it's cool. <laughs> I've never seen it before. Sorry. It's not, it's not like a tattoo. Okay. What is that? Yeah. Like, where'd you get what? it? The brand? Yeah. Okay, this... These, these, I have brands on my arms. So these brands are from the greatest fraternity in the world. It's Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity Incorporated. So when you go to college, if you're ever watching TV and you see somebody like do like this, mm. you ever seen that? Mm. No. No? no. no. <laughs> uh, okay, well, there are so many. It's, it's from black schools. Black fraternities that mm-hmm. you that that we're involved in. It is very networking adventure. This is a sense of brotherhood that is very um, meaningful, and that's what it's for. You go to college, you get the brotherhood and fellowship with people, and you learn that's your brother. I am my brother's keeper. And like I was telling the guy here, like Michael Jordan has these, Shaquille O'Neal, Dr. Charles Drew, um, uh, Ronald McNair. Uh, just so many Jesse Jackson just so many great Omega men are part of my fraternity and I can call them Steve Harvey uh, D.L. Higley just so many people so that's what it's about it's about 
networking in this. Well, when you're in college, it's about brotherhood because it teaches you the strength and it's your brother. If you need help and your family away from school, and it's teaching you manhood, scholarship, perseverance, and uplift. You know, those are some four cardinal principles that is part of this fraternity. So you would be in a sorority. You're a girl, lady. So. <laughs> Just one more quick question. So is it, like, I know it's like a cow brand, but they, is it the exact same way that's how they put it on? Yeah. How much did it hurt? That's what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's all I was thinking. Because I've always seen, like, uh, Vaughn Miller and yeah. people like that have them. So yeah. I've always wondered, like. What, what, the, how, the, how bad it hurt? It really don't really hurt that bad, man. Once, once, once the, the initial burn hit it, you know, like I told him, if if you look at it instantly, you're going to do this because you see fire coming to you, you know, but yeah. you just look away from it and like, think hmm. about something pleasant. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and it'll be over it pretty fast, you know, but um, I, I would do it again, you know. So what are, your, some, what are some of your plans and aspirations for Hadley Brothers 2? Um, we are growing to do a lot of, actually, we are affiliated with DISD now, so mm-hmm. so doing some of these school projects around here in the in the local area uh, for Dallas Independent School District, and we want to grow, grow where some of you guys can come and help us, and, and hopefully, <laughs> yeah, hopefully and, and, and teach teach you guys how to have your own businesses and and, and you know with being minorities. Um, that's what it's about, somebody reaching back and helping you. So that's why we want to create teams of th- those industries where um, kids from high school, teaching them about business and let them come be a part of what we have going on and make it grow, and they grow and they learn, and you can do the same thing for somebody else. You know. So do you ever feel like you would expand your business? Because I know you do roofing, construction, all that, but would you ever think like interior design? Because I know construction and interior design kind of goes along because you're doing it, you know? Yeah, we do. We, 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 we do do interior design. You do? Yeah. And um, actually, we're looking for somebody else that that kind of um, want to be in that area because can you do 3D imaging? Or something? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, you perfect. Perfect. So, so you might hit your leg like that. <laughs> and um, we we opened up several different other businesses there. We have a um, we have a content house, you know, where you want to come take content, you know, different mm-hmm. pictures like mm-hmm. uh, from the green wall, um, the office look, the school look, the gym look. We have a content house that we've opened up. And we have um, also a cabin that's content house and people can come stay overnight there that mm-hmm. we've built on the, on the ranch. So... We've opened up quite a few businesses in the last six months. So, wow. yeah. so kind of going back to um, like being like racing horses mm-hmm. and being a cowboy, um, like reflecting on your family's racing tradition. How has being the first black family to race Texas quarter horses influenced your values? Um, well, as, I guess, like I said, growing up in a world where racism was such a factor. Mm-hmm. I mean, which not was, but still is. But I grew up in there, and I, and I grew up seeing um, being the only black family at a racetrack 
with people that didn't look like us and didn't want us there and and and, and fighting. You know, I seen my daddy fight like and tell him they tell him he's not gonna come back and he tell him you you must gonna close it down because if it's open up I'm coming back. Like where you, where you get that from? You know, like how how can you? Stop in front of all these white people and say this and have enough gumption and mean it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, man, with seeing that, like I said, that was that was like little Superman. I mean, I'm telling you, I, I remember, I don't know, you guys probably don't know anything about Dracula, do you? No way. What? Not. Where y'all come Wait, from? Could you repeat it again? Dracula. The vampire. The vampire. Oh, Dracula. Oh. I said Dra- I thought you said Dracula. I was like, oh. what? <laughs> so you heard about Dracula. Yes. Was, so Dracula, like, come in the house and, like, grab a man, like, hold him up off the wall like this, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. And we, I said, we, we, be, we would be watching that and be like, Daddy, what you'll do if he come in there? He'd be like, I'll take him and sling him all around this room and kick him all everywhere. And I'm like, God, man, like, this is Superman. You Are know? you about that? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so seeing that and being around the, the drive that this man instilled was unbelievable. He didn't believe you could beat him doing nothing. If somebody else do it, you can do it. Mm-hmm. So and it was totally opposite. Mama was just a, mama was just sat there and just like she just be doing that. Like, <laughs> you know. She's just watching back. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, so um, but that that's that's probably it. I had one question too. What exactly is race <laughs> to race quarter horses? What is it? Yeah. What well, is it? Okay, there's two types of race horses. Well, it's, it's, there's Arabians and there's but. Thoroughbred is equivalent to somebody running a marathon for us people, like running around like a slow jog distance all the way around. Quarter horse is a sprinter. Just bing, it's over with. Straight down the track from 220 yards to 440 yards. It's just three or four breaths and it's done. You know, So it's the Olympic sprinters versus somebody running the 10,000 or 1,500 or something like that. You know, Thoroughbred race, the Kentucky Derby takes two minutes. To do and a quarter horse race is under 20, 21 seconds. So mm-hmm. it's a big difference. So fast horse. Yeah, fast sprint, yeah, fast horse. Most of quarter horses, quarter horses are muscular yeah. and, and not as tall and linky. They stronger built because it's just for a, a quick burst, you know. I was not a question about that. Um, whenever people go to see, like they want to go watch that, um, do they like bet on these horses? Yeah, you bet big time. Big time. It, some people, this is just what they do. They go to the tracks to bet on horses. This is where they make their living, just like going to casinos. Mm-hmm. And the bigger the odds are, the more you win. So if you got a fast horse, that, I mean, his first time is best if you can keep people from knowing how fast he is, mm-hmm. really. you know, That way his odds is like 20 or 30 to 1. That means... $30. For $1, it pays $30. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Not, not that I would know anything about that. But <laughs> yeah. Um, so, the question just slipped out of my mind. So, when you're, when you're working, right, do you feel like your values are the same in both your business life and your, you know, rodeo? Just lives to animals, period. Yes. Yes, and it is the same. It's it's the same values because, again, what you put in is what you get out. You know, so you can't. I had this. I had this same 
conversation with my boys this morning about they didn't get up this morning and, and, and feed and water their horses, you know. They were talking, he, he, and he told me, he told me, I can show you text messages talking about how he, how is he going to do that in the morning before he go to school. It's like, well, man, get up 15 minutes earlier, you know. Same talking. way you take care of yourself. Exactly. Like taking out the dogs. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, so that is the argument I had with him this morning, discussion. I told him that what you do after, he plays base, baseball. Both of them play, and they big big time athletes, I say. What you do off the field is what you do on the field. They don't separate. So what you do in the construction is what I do with the horses. It's the same concept. Do it, do it right, and finish it. So, um, you know, like you were talking about horses. Like, let's go back to that a little bit. Uh, how do you actively contribute to preserving and promoting the legacy of black cowboys within and outside of your family? Um, I still... Well, I still stay competitive doing it, mm -hmm. and and not just competitive. You know, I win, 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 no matter what. <laughs> when I step up in the building, everybody hands go, go up. Right. <laughs> so, so I try to, um, I try to stay. I, I don't want to just be in there for the for the for the hell of it. I want to win. I want to be a competitor. I want to be the name that that when it rings a bell. Like you know about it, you're like, oh, that's them, that's Team Hadley coming. Y'all better be ready, you know. Mm -hmm. Who's coming, you know? So, it's me, right? We have a new horse coming up uh, that I really thank the world of, and so I'm gonna have to make sure y'all. Well, y'all have to follow me on Instagram mm -hmm. and be able to watch him. And when we race up here, y'all can come. His name is um, Forty Acres and a Meter. Forty? Wait, Forty Acres and a Meter? No. Wait, what? <laughs> the mirror. Like, I can't hardly oh, see it. Oh, the mirror. Right. No. Uh, like, what? The mule. Oh, my God. You say a mirror. You said a mule. You everything on. And then she said a mirror. So, oh, a mirror. <laughs> like, she understood um, it. Uh, they, they critique me because I say a mirror. Is a mule a donkey? No. No, it's a different one. We just one. had that discussion. Oh, okay. A mule is okay. bigger than a donkey. Right. We just learned that. Yeah, we just. <laughs> oh, okay. Right. My bad. Was Donkey comes from them. Mirror. From two, oh, the, so the breeding of each one. But so. <laughs> Science. So, so y'all know what? Um, so, so each horse pretty much has something to do with our history that we have. You know, we had Black Lives Matter. You have history with the mule. No, so oh. just like Black History. Um, like their names. The horse, Black Lives Matter, and a mule. No, I'm, I'm gonna no. explain to you. Black, oh. like Black Lives Matter. Then we had Black Wall Street. Mm -hmm. We still have him. He's running. Black Wall Street has not done, has not did as well as we expected yet. And Forty Acres and a mule. Mm -hmm. That's the that's the uh, last one we have. Do you know what that means? No. No. You, know. Well, do you know what Black Wall Street means? Yes. What? Black Wall Street. Like, <laughs> it the, it's when they had the music. And, is that was that that is? No. Okay, this is bad. This is so bad. <laughs> what is it? So Black Wall Street. See, this is this is another thing that they that they taken away Black history out of school. No, I mean African American. Yeah, Black Wall Street is like Tulsa. Well, as a community, well, when when it was segregated, when 
blacks can do this, blacks can do this. So blacks had their own doctors, their own schools, their own hospitals, their own businesses. A whole oh, I did learn right, about that. Right. And the, and the United States government dropped bombs mm-hmm. and killed all these black people and destroyed what they had. This was a this was hundred years ago. Was, um, we just had the, the centennial year if we re, if, uh, last year, well, two years ago. And then, um, and it wasn't just in, in, in um, Oklahoma. There were several other places where the United States just dropped bombs and destroyed what we, what we had, you know. And then 40 acres in the meeting is what they, after slavery was abolished, they supposedly... That's what they promised. Right, there you go. Because it's starting to click. Right. It's all connected. Right. They promised each black family that they, because of what, how they was done so bad, that they was going to give them 40 acres of land and a meter to to make Mm. the, to farm off of. And it never happened. Uh, Still today. So, so that's why we big on keeping the history going because they took it out of school. You know, Things like that. So, so you've mentioned you face like racism and things like that. What other? What are some of the other challenges you face, and how have you overcome them? Um, remember, other challenges is just making bad decisions, and you're gonna make them. Just can't be scared about making them. You make them, overcome them because. Everybody makes a mistake, you know. If you fall down, get back up. I know I'm going to make some today. I made some yesterday, but I can't quit, you know. So um, that's 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 probably some of the biggest. I mean, some of the worst things I could think of besides racism is is um, you know you don't get the breaks, you don't get to get the opportunities, and and they say minority participation which I think is a joke, you know, because minority participation shouldn't be just because you marry someone from a different country that's a woman, you get minority participation. No, this it should be where we get the equal amount of work as anybody else can get, you know. Uh, how do you maintain the positivity and, like, the resilience when facing the challenges that come at both of them? Um, again, I just reflect back on what my daddy taught me mm-hmm. is to don't let nothing stop you. You know, you know, no weapon formed against you so prosper. So you just have to keep, keep fighting, keep fighting, keep going. Like the harder it is, the more you go. And and mm-hmm. and I think when you ask me about these brains, my fraternity, you know, there's a process to go through that. So. Uh, right, right. So mm-hmm. wanting to quit and you can't quit and you dig in and you endure hardness as a good soldier, you see it through when you're up against the trouble, meet it squarely face to face, lift your chin, set your shoulders, plant your feet and take a brace. Oh, okay. You know, so I could go on and on, but those are just poems and that I that that, that I sometimes I recite in my head and while people I'm driving down the road, people think I'm listening to the radio, I'm thinking about what helped me see it through, you know, so how people had misconceptions about cowboys and like how you could say some were modernized and some are like well actual cowboys with animals. Uh, 
But now I'm gonna take it the other way. Okay. Have Have you had like any people have misconceptions about like the roofing industry or construction that like you have, like you would like to clarify? Yeah, just like uh, as far as different things. If people don't have, I mean, most of the time a chuck in a truck is just the guy riding around in the truck doing the work. Mm. Well, I haven't really seen somebody that could do that and take care of business at the same time, like like to a high level, you know what I mean? Um, because it's, I mean, man, if somebody don't have insurance on their company, um, decals and logos on their vehicles um, in, the in, in the roofing industry people talking about saving you your deductible giving you money back and stuff like that those are are the same kind of things you look at and wonder how real is this company you know because I'm already seeing ways they're maneuvering around not to not to be out there because it's tough to have insurance employees um um, advertisement, Your all quality. that. Yeah, Good vehicles, quality. quality. If you look at it, if you look at somebody's truck, it's just coming up, boom, 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 bow. Like when they pull up to your driveway, it's oh, yeah. all paying, all dragging off, nothing. <laughs> then most of the time, his yeah. gonna work is gonna look like that. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, so it don't have to be a brand new truck by far. No, but just Drive. you're taking care of it. You yeah, know what I mean? Right. right. Oh, so uh, what Chewie asked about the misconceptions about roofing and the construction industry, uh, what's, what are some misconceptions that people make about black cowboys, um, and what are some like you would like to clarify? Um, well, first, black cowboy was the first cowboy. Mm -hmm. That's what they don't know, you know, or that's what they think, because when you're poor, well, somebody else takes your ideals and and paint the picture that that they did it, mm -hmm. and so that's the first that's the first thing that you have to know that the original cowboy was a black cowboy. I'll even um, rifleman. Y'all know rifleman? No. 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 Well, it's just it's just a, a, a western that came on every weekend, and it's a, a white guy with a mask on. And uh, I'm not, that's that's right, rifleman. Not, I, I mean, uh, uh, mm. the Lone Ranger. That's what I mean. Oh, Lone Ranger, yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's the same the thing. It came on every weekend, and he had a white guy with a white suit on. He had an Indian with him named Tonto, and he wore this this mask. You never see his face, but that was imitated from a black man. Uh -huh. But they, <gasps> I know what you're talking about. Because yeah. there's a there's there's also a black uh, a black uh, another show that has the actual. It's kind of like the same thing, but it's right. a black. Yeah. Right, mm -hmm. right. So all that was taken from 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 black cowboys and utilized, and and just totally destroyed the image, you know. So now it's like many years later, you see cowboys, and then at the rodeos, well, they wouldn't let. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you tell you this right quick. So in the rodeo industry, there's a performance. Everybody ropes in the performance while the crowd is there. The crowd, where all the music, there are people there. But they wouldn't let black cowboys do that. They had mm. to rope after the rodeo where nobody could sing them mm. if they wanted to compete 
and would be cheated on the watch and things like that. But this is just what, this is why you thought it wasn't, when people went to the rodeo, they thought it wasn't black cowboys because they wouldn't let them rope or they wouldn't let them perform in the performance. Had to do it after when everybody's going home. So. So if you could change one thing about the perception of black cowboys, what would it be? Of course, we were the first, and just give us opportunity. Give the same equal opportunity and watch what happens. You know, the 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 calf roping champion, Fred Whitfield, the personal friend of mine, he was a 10-time world champion, calf roping. Um, there are so many guys that I know, Bud Ford, uh, Sylvester Mayfield, these are, are the, the later, the, 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 the earlier Cowboys. Now it's Corey Solomon, um, Sh Shad uh, Mayfield, uh, John Dows. These are black Cowboys that's winning in the professional industry today that's, that, that's doing very, very well. That you see it's come on 10 day, 15 days in Vegas. Uh, you can see it on TV. But um, that's just what I would like to change and just give us opportunity, same equal opportunity, and we'll mastermind it all. Uh, so I wanted to ask: um, Are there any uh, people that you look up to, um, like in, like cowboys or anybody in the business industry who are well known? Yeah. Well, first of all, I guess I mean my daddy, which he's gone, but he's passed on six. But I look up to I mean to my family, my brothers and sisters, um, business people, and 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 started me. I followed pattern patronized behind, you know, um, in the in the cowboy industry and in the roofing and construction industry. Um, I, you always had to had to follow somebody, you know. And I'm mm -hmm. I'm ten of ten. I'm the tenth one of ten. So I had all these great sisters and siblings to follow behind. So yeah, and um, but as far as people that not related to me, there's several people that I've dealt with that I. I pattern myself with Hawatha Williams on Williams Chicken, um, mm. Al, ha Al Heron, who on Century 21, Galloway and Heron. Um, uh, shoot. Those, those, you know, those are some great men that I've seen that was older than me that I, that I watched too, you know, that I've dealt with. So. I <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, so, if you could change one thing about the rep. Oh, wait. We already asked that. I'm so sorry. Right. I got <laughs> go it. Yeah, go Sticking ahead. with that. So, you mentioned you you were the youngest of 10. Yes. Right? So, what was it like being the youngest and then inheriting your father's company and then running it? What was that like for you and your siblings? Man, um, you know, all of us worked in the industry, and my other brother, that's probably. Well, he's eight years older than me. Um, he still does it too, but you know they're all older now, and the older you get, it's just hard to keep a certain drive. You know what I'm saying? You know because you just want to. You know you hear people say they retire, yeah. like you, you fall off. You don't want to deal with because it's a lot of pressure. Man, it's a lot of stress dealing with trying to get paid for people. Man, people will not pay you. Arguing with them, just just getting half of your money, uh, orchestrating these people to be here on time. Where they at? Why they not showing up? Oh my God, man! This is a lot that's 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 required of running your business. It's not. It's just one of the hardest things in the world to do. But you at least you are working by yourself, you know. So. 
So um, what advice would you give high school students aspiring to pursue a unique career in construction and roofing following a path like yours? To get at it now? Yes. And and learn all you can. Do some, go get some mentoring. Go work around some type of construction. I mean, it don't have to be for money. Everybody thinks everything is for money. Money is just not right now, but you got to be able to look across the street, down the road for the money. You understand what I'm saying? Some people, I ain't finna work and they give me no money. Son, can't nobody give you this, what you being taught, you know? So go where you can learn something and be around and be involved, not just, just, if you don't put no, no, no dirt in it, no sweat and tears in it, blood, sweat and tears, you're not gonna have it long. You're not gonna have a passion for it. You're not gonna love it. You make you a bunch of money, you throw it away, you're spending it, just you don't care. That's where a lot of that's where a lot of businesses are left by from their daddies gave to their kids and they destroy them in ten years because they didn't work. They didn't put no heart, blood, sweat and tears in. So you're not gonna throw away your money like that fast if you if you if you had to really get dirty doing it. So to move on to the fun questions, I had a I had a question throughout this whole interview of like that was like you know on my mind. Did you ever rodeo like bulls? No. 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 If I probably rodeo bulls, hell, I wouldn't be. I'd be like. Right. No. That would be interesting. I've I've always wanted to get. I've ridden them, you know, as little kid, little calves and stuff like that, but not no, not no bull. No, does the bull. How much you think of Bull Way? If you had to guess, ton. Two thousand. Oh no, but I've seen those videos too. I would not get oh, close to one. Like ran- oh, and there's just people in the in like the like the field or whatever, and they'll just like try to get here. They'll try to grab the flag off of his yeah, horn. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Two two thousand pounds. So I'm not getting on nothing. That's why people. That's why people don't live long. What is he doing? Stay at home. Right. Stay home. <laughs> right. But then there's those people that have you seen those where they they like no support, no nothing. They just purely just with their legs. There. They're just chilling. Man, I wouldn't, if they had a, a churl on there, I wouldn't get on him, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to, I mean, he's bucking. If if he falls on me, when he throws me off, he's coming to kill me. He's looking for you. Oh, you understand yeah. what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. he got horns. Nah, man, I don't want no part of that. You know, so. What about Mustang? I deal, I deal with that. I mean, I, I show you a video of a horse bucking that was probably on my social media page that we tamed, you know. Actually, the racehorse I'm talking about, um, it's on there, and it's, it went like viral all over the world. So he was bucking, in. and that's what you just say, "Yo, he a Mustang when he bucks and do like that." But a Mustang generally is just in the wild, mm-hmm. and you have to. It's a lot to break a Mustang. A real Mustang takes a lot of time because he's wild, you know. So um, I get on a Mustang way before I deal with a bull. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so normally when you're rodeoing, where, where exactly is it? Is it in Fort Worth or in the stockyards? Or, or? I, I used to go to probably 100 rodeos a year, man. Yeah, all around all around the world, man. California, uh, Canada. Um, Canada. Drake. Uh, <laughs> Drake. Drake. <laughs> just Oklahoma, Louisiana, Houston, Arkansas. Just every, everywhere in the United States, but... Now since my boys has gotten older and they really into sports and training, like they train just relentlessly, taking them here, doing this, doing that, 
it took a lot of time away, and we started back racing mm-hmm. racehorses. And I, racehorses was my number one passion. Mm-hmm. Over rope, over rodeo, I loved racing first. So I done got back hot on that. So we, I'm, I'm zoned in, you know. You mentioned you've been all over the states. Have you ever gone international with it? No, they don't want to do it international. Brazil. If I went to Brazil, I probably would have come back. <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh, a lot of Brazilians come over here and do it. But that's really about the only place that does rodeo and I know about. It. So it's not a, it's not prevalent like that in different different parts of the world. Um, so you talked about how you had to tame a Mustang. Uh, are there like okay, where most what region or like where are like um, wild horses at? Like up around Wyoming, South Dakota, stuff like that. Oh, wow, just yeah. roaming free. Roaming free. Yes. Yeah. Matter of fact, up in um, uh, New Mexico, it's um, mm. just they just walk around people's yard and just <laughs> teams of wild horses, you know. I but guess. they have fur all over them and they hairy because of the climate, you know. But yeah, that's. Up north, that's where a lot of them are. I can see like a horse right in my front yard just staring at me like that. <laughs> so do y'all gotta break them over there and uh, wherever they're from, and then bring them back, or do y'all bring them no, back no, first? No, no, no. Like like the race horses, that you buy them as what you call yearlings, and all they know how to do is pretty much lead. Like you lead them like a dog. Mm-hmm. And then you have to break him when you get there. It's a process. I mean, you know, you're looking at anywhere four to six month process on teaching him how to ride, teaching him how to handle, having him not scared of everything, um, teaching him how to run. It's, so it's a huge process. So if Hatley Brothers to uh, Roofing Construction had theme song, what would it be and why? Mm-hmm. Number one starter? That's before y'all. That was Lil Wayne then, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, I know a song. Okay, I know a song. It's <laughs> done like my daddy, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, okay, I know that song. I got one last question. <laughs> okay. All right. For maybe if you ever give us like a sneak peek on your future horse, if you ever get like another new horse, what will you name it? Well, I hate to say it because I don't want nobody to steal my name. You understand? Oh, you're you right. Know? Right, so... so We'll have to wait. We have to wait. We have to stay. After these messages, hey, we, we got a bleep right button. Back. Someone bleep it. You say it, and we'll bleep it. Right, right. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Mr. Hatley. We are extremely grateful for you being here and joining us today and sharing your insights and incredible journey as a black cowboy and business owner of Hatley Brothers Roofing Two and Constru- Roofing and Construction. Uh, your, sport, your stories have been both inspiring and enlightening. So, anytime you want to come back, just let us know, and we'll make it happen been a great guest and you can find Mr. Hadley's social medias down below on the screen as well as our so- our social medias. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, all that. So. Thank you for listening to KSBM Radio, the voice of Townview. My radio station. We hope you enjoyed the great content and great discussion, all from a student's perspective. Make sure to follow us on Twitter for the latest updates at KSBM underscore TVT or on Facebook at KSBM Radio. Add them on Facebook. Check them on Facebook. Take care.